Hello, welcome to Loving Colour. I'm Tanaka, I'm black. I'm Imogen, I'm white. We're friends, and we're here to share our experiences with whiteness, anti-blackness, and racial discomfort. In each episode, we'll tackle a different aspect of racism, both enacting it and being impacted by it. We've chosen to do this by doing what we do best, telling stories. This is what it looks like when justice starts at home. This is episode zero, where we're going to tell you a bit about ourselves, what you can expect from Loving Colour, and why we feel it's important to be having this conversation. Hi. Hi, welcome. It's great to have you all here. So Tanaka, would you like to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, I'm super excited that we are sharing this (laughs) podcast with everyone for a start. Um, I guess I, I'm a writer. Um, I started out, actually, I started out writing poetry, you know, like, like most people do when they were like 15 or whatever. Um, but mostly these (laughs) days I'm a playwright, uh, and I do a bunch of work on storytelling. That's kind of fundamentally the core of, of who I am and what I do is I tell stories. I help other people tell stories, um, whether that be kind of charities, universities, uh companies um and i also work with kind of storytelling and marginalized groups um that's kind of me uh what about you what's your thing well in a way it's similar i suppose i started out life as an actor i trained as an actor And then over the years, I became much more interested in telling my own stories as well. So I became a theatre maker. So now I sometimes write plays, I direct them, I act in them. And I also do some kind of corporate stuff as well, which is more about communication. Um, So coaching people in communication. And I'm also becoming more of a writer and writing a book at the moment, and so, yeah, I guess in, in a lot of ways, we have a lot of parallels. Hmm. Can you, Tanaka, can you talk a little bit about how we met each other? Yeah, um, if I remember. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we met each other um, through Dr. Dr. Nina Burrows, um, Bubbles mm-hmm. to Her Friends, um, who is an incredible psychologist who works on uh, the psychology of sexual violence and consent. Um, And she's been doing that a really long time. Um, And she does a lot of work with artists and with people in the arts on kind of communicating around those issues. And so we've done a bunch of fun projects with her. We did uh, yeah. a show called How to Be Good in Bed which is kind of like a panel show about sex and consent and I think the probably the first I guess the the first first thing we did where we met was putting that together right because you had your yeah, show I Foreign guess... Body um, yeah. and I had a show called This Is How It Happens have a show still still a thing mm-hmm. um, mm. kind of both both plays about um, surviving sexual violence, which um, she had seen and was kind of interested in, and she introduced us. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I remember seeing a reading of your play really early on and that really inspiring me because I'd already had the concept of making a play about sexual violence, but I hadn't begun it yet. And I saw your reading and there you were. And I was like, wow, this is someone who is really doing it. And um, yeah, so it was a real inspiration for me to get on with mm -hmm. making my show. So thank you for that. <laughs> and yeah, I remember when I saw your play and just being like, uh, insanely impressed and, and also like more than a little bit jealous because <laughs> you, you were kind of <laughs> felt very like legit and powerful and experienced and i was like oh i want to i want to i want to do that 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 looks good so um oh that's cute yeah i think <laughs> i was a little intimidated by you when we first met actually i was like okay she's she's the real theater person she knows what she's doing really that's so funny because yeah i had had i don't i don't think it was like that i was intimidated by you but it was definitely like you were doing it and and that's one of the reasons why i wanted to do it so yeah i guess maybe we had a similar kind of impression on each other mm. <laughs> so then we went on to so you were doing your play and i was doing my play but then we started working on each other's plays right so while i was doing foreign body i always had panel discussions after the show with other survivors and people in the sector and so you came and you talked on the panel after my show um and then so you're still developing this is how it happens right and now I'm working with you on that show so like it mm. kind of began from just seeing each other's work to actually yeah collaborating on lots of different pieces um and I suppose that's what led us to collaborate on a show which we were so we were working on a show together about whiteness um mm. last year before the pandemic hit and so i was um performing it and you were dramaturging it so we we're kind of creating it together and then the pandemic hit and i guess i was like well i'm you know i'm not going to be able to keep on developing it now but then that was why that's kind of how this podcast came about right yeah, because I guess during the process of making that show, we were having all of these really fascinating conversations. Um, and mm. like the number of times we said, God, that would be so great to explore, but we don't have time in this show. Um, mm. And it just kind of seemed silly. And it seemed like these conversations were really kind of breaking new ground for both of us in this conversation about about race and about yeah, kind of particularly in a British context, because a lot of our discussions about race are very American. Um, mm. And yeah, just f like f from my end, it was incredibly, incredibly interesting and incredibly healing to be making a, something that was about whiteness and actually tackling, tackling what that was in a way that didn't feel like, you know, as a, as a non-white person or as a person of color or whatever, that I had to do all of the, emotional vulnerability to make change that you know like I was being re like it really felt like being met um met halfway mm. met more than halfway actually mm. nice and I suppose it's worth saying at this point yeah so like I'm white and I wanted to explore the issue of whiteness but alongside you as a person of color who has kind of that perspective that could um yeah like I, I felt like though it was making a play about whiteness, it was really important to me to make it with someone who is not white because in a way I feel like 
people of colour often have more kind of perspectives on whiteness than we do from inside it, because I guess historically as white people, we haven't necessarily kind of um, examined it really. Whereas, yeah, racialized people in this country and kind of throughout the world, I guess, almost don't have an option but to examine it. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I guess we should tell people a little bit about what this podcast is going to look like, right? In terms of how we're going to frame these conversations. Yeah, sure. Cool. So, um, yeah, we we were very clear that we wanted it to be specifically personal stories, personal conversations. So Tanaka and I are really good friends. Like we've done all this collaboration together and become really close and that relationship, I think, enables us to have like really personal conversations about this stuff. So hmm. the, the, the kind of framework of an episode will be that each episode will have a theme that we're discussing, that we are interrogating. And we will each bring a personal story that relates to that theme. So we'll each share our personal story. So for me, it's stories about how I have enacted racial harm. And for Tanaka, it's stories about how you've been racially harmed. Um, And then we will together deconstruct those stories, kind of talk about what's happened and why it's happened and how it's happened. And then together talk about what some other steps might be what we might be able to do next or instead and look at ways of kind of reconstructing how those moments might have gone better um so and and maybe you can talk a bit about why we decided on that format Hmm. yeah I guess so the stories thing I think happened because we're both storytellers so that's that's you know Mm -hmm. uh Every problem looks like a like a nail when you're a hammer specialist. Um, but I do truly, I do truly believe that uh, telling telling each other these stories and being really unflinching about how they felt and getting really curious about you know exactly um, what's going on underneath these incidents of racial harm um, mm. is 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 really key um one of the things that i've found frustrating in this year and and beyond is that there are lots of conversations about how we can create a more equal society and everyone wants to just skip right to what are the actions uh and that for Mm. me can feel evasive it can feel like um kind of particularly um people from white backgrounds don't want to sit with the pain that that is caused before they get to fixing it um, and that can kind mm. of almost like it feels a little bit like being abandoned or, you know, it feels like uh, it can it can start to feel inauthentic. So I guess the format of the yeah. show is really designed to slow everything down, to sit with what's going on and to f- to find or to feel our way towards solutions. Um, mm. I don't want to be like too fluffy about it, but it's. I feel like the best solutions come out of our hearts, not our heads. Um, mm. And so the telling stories is is about how we get there being really important. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great summation of it. And and I I suppose for us in a way it's almost like an attempt at a reconciliation process mm. even though yeah. the stories that we're telling are, aren't about things that have happened between you and me, but if we can have conversations about those things then it's yeah, it's like our version of finding some sort of reconciliation for um the racial harm that goes on all the time in the world around us. So um yeah, I I think also maybe maybe it's important to address like why now? Like why why mm. why do we begin it now and why why is it important to have this conversation now? Yeah, I do you know it's so funny because we we started working on your on your show um almost a year ago from when we were recording this. So we're recording this in early December. Uh, it was a lot longer than that it was like nearly two years ago because the first sharing that we had was last september so that's already over a year ago and we'd been working oh on god it for a while last september yeah i forgot like, yeah <laughs> i guess in my head 2020 doesn't count as a real year it's just kind of vanished <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah you're right i guess it must be it yeah it must be kind of two years ago. but so this has been a long time coming we've been having We've been building up to this for yeah. a long, long time. Um, yeah. And then obviously 2020 has been a kind of resurgence year for Black Lives Matter. So with um, uh, with the murder of George Floyd in America and kind of other people as well. Um, and it feels like over here in the UK, we are finally getting to a point where we can have these conversations a little bit more openly uh, as a result of that. Mm. Um so it's, yeah, I would love to say that we picked up on something in the zeitgeist just earlier and we're ahead of the curve. I think maybe it's actually also a bit of a coincidence thing as well. Um, mm. But yeah, this this felt like the right time. Um, it feels like people are kind of finally, finally getting curious about this. Uh, it also feels like there's a lot of panic around our conversations about race right now because pe everyone kind of mm. kind of going, oh, okay, we know we have to talk about this, uh, but how, what does that look like? What does it feel like? Um, why is it so uncomfortable and how do we sit with that? So I guess there's, there's a lot of that around and I guess as a, the fact that we have a friendship where we've been doing that sort of thing for a long time felt like it was useful maybe to, to share that with other people. Yeah. And I think you say as well about the the UK um, needing to have this conversation. That feels really important to me. Like there seemed to be a lot of content coming out of the United States. And here we tend, we're, we're much, I think we're further behind in that conversation. And I think very often people tend here, you know, white British people tend to think like, oh, we don't really have a racism problem. It's happening over there. But actually, of course, it really is a huge problem. And it's one that we don't really talk about. And that's why one of the reasons as well, we thought like, yeah, we need to have this conversation here because we need to address our massive problem with racism and, and white supremacy. And And I want to say at this point that, I use the term white supremacy not to mean violent neo-Nazism 
but white supremacy that exists in all of us white people and throughout the society that we live in like we live in a world of white supremacy um, and we all carry it within us because we're socialized by that system so when I say white supremacy I'm not yeah I'm not talking about extremism I'm talking about the way it lives in all of us Mm. yeah I think um, that's really important to to mark out um, that as a term and like with a lot of the terms we're talking about systems um, which touch all of our lives and Mm. they touch them in different ways right so um, so I think it's also useful for us to clarify well, not clarify other terms, but just uh, talk a little bit about how we're going to use language in this discussion mm. and in these podcasts, um, which is to say, like, my rule of thumb is I know that there are lots and lots of terms out there, right? There's, like, people of color, there's BAME, there's black, and there's black and brown, you know, like, there's lots and lots of different language that people are using. Uh, my rule of thumb is to be as specific as possible. So if I'm saying black, I mean Mm. black. If I'm saying Mm. um, people of color, that kind of means people from African, Asian, and uh, yeah, like uh, indigenous communities and mixed race people and all sorts of things. Um, Mm. I really, like I personally, I'm in the camp of, I really like the term people of color because like I, so... I often describe myself as black. I come from like a, a mixed um, black and Asian background um, and grew up here in the UK. I I find a lot of value in kind of broader, more inclusive terms because um, mm. the term black doesn't always describe the totality of my experience. Like it, it you know, a lot of my Asian-ness gets uh, left out of it, but also it's very relevant. Like my Asian-ness is very relevant to my blackness. So I find lots of utility in those broader terms, but other people um, find them a little bit erasing and kind of, you know, feels like kind of invisibilized by them. Um, mm. So I'm just trying to be as as uh, as specific as I can be in any in use of any term. But I also I recognize that sometimes I just reach for the term that's most familiar. Um, Mm. and that's kind of a uh, a thing that i'm going to try and and watch as i have these discussions um mm. but yeah no this is a case i think of no terms are perfect but we've got to use something yeah yeah cool thank you for clarifying that and making it yeah making that clear so should we talk a bit about the episodes in this mm. first season <laughs> Yes, they're good. They're pretty darn good. Uh, yeah, they are, I'm aren't they? I'm really exciting. excited by all the subjects that we talk about. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so there's the first one is this one, which is kind of episode zero. This is just kind of us meeting mm-hmm. you and inviting you in to our little uh, little friendship of uncomfortable conversations. Um, mm-hmm welcome you are loved um and then our first thank you for being here (laughs) uh our first episode is kind of the title is what is racism so that's episode one uh looking at what racism is what it feels like 
uh, how it walks uh, and how it moves. Um, episode two, what is whiteness? Um, so again, what's whiteness? What is this kind of slippery concept that everyone else in the world is defined against? Uh, episode three is what is allyship and what else is there? So really mm-hmm. thinking about that term ally and what it means in our lives and what there might be beyond or on the other side of it. Episode four is uh, policing and justice. So talking about racialized uh, relationships with the criminal justice system. Uh, we're particularly talking about our experiences in the UK there, uh, which is not something mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of people uh, see much of. Episode five is colonial history. Uh, and we're going to be doing a bit of family history and seeing what, what lurks in each of our family trees. Uh, and then episode mm. six uh, to end... I was going to say end on a high, but, you know, we'll see, uh, is about humor <laughs> in these discussions about racial equality and the place of humor, uh, what it does and how it how it might work. Yeah, great. Thank you. So that's the first season which we're releasing uh, now. And then we'll be coming back in the new year with a new season where we're going to be exploring a lot more topics, another six episodes. And in that season, we've got some really exciting um, new stuff happening. We're going to have some guests, which we'll tell you more about later. And we're also going to be in a really special location, which we'll talk about nearer the time as well. But we're really excited for that. Super excited. So I thought next we would do some rapid fire questions in the vein of helping people getting to know us, um, but also... uh, I have some chosen some which might slightly torture you a little bit. Um, <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, one word answers only. Oh God, I think okay. is the is the rule. <laughs> ready? All right. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Favorite ice cream flavor? <gasps> chocolate, as as chocolatey as it can get. Okay. Oh, that was clear. That was good. That was there was no ambiguity there. I'm very clear about that. Favorite superhero? <gasps> oh, the first one that comes to my mind is Wonder Woman, but that's just because that's a woman. But I think I'm going to stick stick with that. Yeah. Nice. I don't really know many. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Favorite hobby? Oh, uh, dancing writing mm, uh, darning my slippers <laughs> that was more than one word i know sorry uh, um favorite um dancing cool if you're if you were on a plane that was about to crash who would you want sitting next to you Gwynyai, my husband that's very clear as well even if he still yeah. dies in the plane crash yeah i don't care he <laughs> i need to be with him Oh, what? Wait, could I save him by him not being there? Yeah. Oh, God. But then that means whoever I have sitting next to me, I'm murdering. Yeah, but they're also the person you're spending your last moments with. Oh, oh my God. No, then he has to be off the plane. Um, um, can it be a historical character that's already dead? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, then I would like to be sitting next to... Mm. 
Oh God, I always get Shakespeare popping up with this, but it's so patriarchal. <laughs> <laughs> be interesting to see what um, that person did in his last moments, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Ugh, no, God, he'd probably smell bad, right? Like the Elizabethans, <laughs> they never really showered. So <laughs> maybe Cleopatra. Mm, oh, nice. She's nice. a badass and, and she'd smell yeah. a lot nicer than Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your favourite book growing up? Oh, growing up. Um, what if it's not a one word title? Where the Wild Things Are. <laughs> As a really little kid, as the like early, early doors, Where the Wild Things Are. Uh, older than that? Like, do you mean like young adult? Yeah, or sure. Is that good? Let's go for both. The Moomins. The Moomins oh. is good. <laughs> I hate the Moomins. Oh. I just lost us half our audience. But I used to work in a bookshop and like the moomins were just the worst section to clean because they're all white so all of the plushes the moment a child touches one on the display it looks gross um, so you could see all of the all of the snot and the this and the that and the muck yeah gross. On the moomins. we're, we're gross. showing our age now though because in my day there were no plushes it was just books <laughs> and 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 yeah did you have plushes growing up like was that a thing already when you were a kid uh yeah i feel like i didn't but yeah like that was yeah people did they were a thing yeah we this this shows that we're like basically we're a generation apart right <laughs> okay what's the most important value that you have in your life <sighs> i love this question but then i think you have to like i was a, i was about to say equality that's the first thing that comes into my mm. mind. But then like, do I really live my life in such a way that embraces equality? Like, I definitely don't share all my shit, <laughs> which in order, to in order to truly live by that value, I would have to do, right? I think it's really important, but do mm. I live it and breathe it? I don't know. Hmm. Great question. Hmm. Um, what does the f ideal future look like for everyone? Everyone you love, uh, in one word. Um, um, one word. Oh my god, peaceful. Hmm. Mm. What makes a place home? Oh, my husband, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> fun fun one what's speaking of speaking of your husband who i also love yeah dearly and and deeply hello um what's the first thing you noticed about him when you first met oh his beauty he's so beautiful but it's like that kind mm. of a beauty where it's definitely there on the outside like he's got a beautiful face but don't you just know when you look at him that it's not just his face like it's his heart as well like i think you really see the mm -hmm. beauty of his heart and soul just by looking at his face. <laughs> mm, yeah. Like you see, especially when he smiles, like it, he's got one of those smiles, which is just like, oh yeah, like this is a, yeah. This is a good dude. Yeah. Um, what do you think is the first thing people notice about you when they see you? <laughs> um, um, idiot? <laughs> or like um <laughs> no like, what I was thinking was like 12 like I think mostly I come across like I'm about 12 
so like (laughs) (laughs) a bit of a kid but then maybe that's not all the time maybe I think sometimes on the outside as well I just look quite stern so I think possibly if I'm not being a 12 year old then I probably look stern and that might be the first thing people see Mm. Mm. I think I frown too much basically I'm trying to think what 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 do you think people see? If I don't oh, think uh, you frown too much. No? Okay. Plus, it's 2020. There's plenty to frown about. I don't think anyone should feel mm. feel like they can't frown. Yeah, fair enough. Thanks for that. I'll do one more, and I'm struggling to pick which one I want. What do you have... Uh, like, what trait in other people do you really not have any time for? <gasps> oh gosh you know what the first thing that came up was judgment like judgmentalism but I'm I'm very I'm Mm. very conscious of my own levels of judgment and that's definitely the thing that I'm most impatient about me so maybe that's maybe that's why right like we reflect Mm -hmm. in others the stuff that we find difficult in others is often really difficult in ourselves but yeah I think that's definitely the thing that comes first to my mind cool and I'm definitely not blameless there okay do I get to ask you now yeah okay I want to ask you some of the ones that you asked me just because um I think they're brilliant questions so what's your most important value Mm. vulnerability nice lovely nice 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 um how do people see you what do they first think when they see you uh Tay Zonday the purple rain guy like I I don't know um I think people think I am a nice uh uh, polite I think people think polite Mm. I think that's probably the first thing yeah I can't disagree with that um what was your favorite toy oh um do you know what it's actually right here um so we're we're recording this on zoom so we can see each other and my favorite toy is a teddy bear Mm. called thuddy that i got when i oh shit did you just drop thuddy (laughs) i dropped um a book that thuddy was leaning on um who Mm. i got when i was a week old really yeah so i still have guys i can tell you that thuddy bear is like a classic teddy bear who looks like has got that beautiful squashed nose because you can see how close Tanaka's been cuddling him oh that's so beautiful it's mm-hmm. nice to meet you Thuddy <laughs> he's giving he's waving a little bit yeah he's waving at all of you um and and what was your favorite book growing up mm, favorite book what would I always go back to oh actually I know what it was it is a book that practically no one knows it's called the merlin conspiracy by diana oh. Wynne jones like way better than harry potter um but like lots of people know diana Wynne jones and she wrote like the crestomancy books she's a really popular yeah. children's author but the merlin conspiracy is like it's for the it's for those kids who grew up slightly so it's really good if you're like 12 13 um it's kind of yeah just like like she's one of the best kind of really serious fantasy authors out there as well as being an amazing kids author um and this is kind of her doing both to the umpteenth degree and it's gorgeous nice one i will recommend that or like give maybe send see if my niece and nephew have it um Mm. what's your favorite jam right now oh my god don't do this to me Ah. 
right now i'm like 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 the thing i've listened to most consistently is uh anything by amanda palmer like i just i yeah that's a lot wicked yeah she's bad currently listening a lot to um her song machete Mm, okay i'm gonna look that up haven't heard that um where in the world would you most like to go japan Mm. what do you think about when you think of your childhood Mm, sunlight lots of sunlight lovely where is home Mm, wherever i i'm sat down to read at the current moment Mm. home is books Mm mm-hmm where what what are you proudest of in your life um how much i've survived Mm. oh i really feel that in my chest that's beautiful how much i've survived without becoming too much of an asshole in the process what no you don't know you're not coming an asshole you're lovely (laughs) most of the time um however Taking it to the other side, what are you most ashamed of? Mm. Oh, that is a good question. Mm. I wasn't more honest with people when I was younger. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a great answer. What's your favourite act of self-care? Cooking. What is one thing that you would wish white people to do? Mm. <laughs> I nearly just said stop. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, that's a valid response. <laughs> uh, slow, slow the fuck down. Mm, nice. Thank just you. Just slow it all the fuck down. Yeah. What is your wish for the world in 2021? A respite. Mm-hmm. Everyone deserves a respite. Mm. What is uh, what does an anti-racist world look like? Brave without being hard. So brave. Oh, wow. Yeah. Great. And um, what is your one greatest professional ambition? I would love to write an episode of Doctor Who one day. Oh, wow. <laughs> great one. Oh, yeah. Nice. And so to you, who is this for? Me. Us. Uh, yeah. Nice. Oh, that's lovely and warming. Great. So I think we've kind of covered what we need to cover so far, right? In terms mm-hmm. of introducing ourselves and the and the podcast one of the things that we're going to be doing each episode is sharing some resources that we recommend to people who are interested in this topic and would like to learn more explore more so um yeah should we should we share our resources yeah so i'm gonna start off kind of pretty basic um and i'm gonna recommend british by afwa hirsch um it's just a really, really lovely book. Um, and particularly as a as a mixed race person, I found it really, really refreshing actually to see that kind of perspective. The way she deals and thinks about identity and Britishness um, really hit. And I think she captured something that hasn't actually been captured before about what it might mean mm. to be a mixed race British person. 
Um, and then the second book I'm going to recommend is a book called Homegoing by an author called Yagi Asi, who's actually just released another book and I can't wait to read it. Um, but Homegoing is about... Uh, it starts off with two sisters uh, living in Africa during uh, the height of the slave trade. Uh, one of whom... Spo- spoiler alert, but, you know, for the, like the first chapter. One of whom is captured, one of whom is mm. not. Um, and it follows their families down the generations. So one of them into kind of American um, slavery and then down Jim Crow and, you know, into being an African-American person and uh, the other one down through colonialism. Um, it's just a fantastic it's a fantastic piece of uh, piece of writing that takes you into these historical forces through the eyes of people who feel real and who feel important rather than, you know, these big, huge social forces that feel slightly overwhelming and slightly too much to, to understand. Beautiful. Thank you. What about you? Yeah, I can really recommend that as well. That's a book that Tanaka recommended to me when I went on my honeymoon and it's absolutely extraordinary it's really beautifully written and totally absorbing yeah thank you um yeah so I have a couple as well um one the first is really something that's inspired me a lot in my journey and specifically around the kinds of conversations we're going to be having here actually and it's going around a lot you know being recommended by a lot of people and it's a workbook called Me and White Supremacy by Leila F. Saad and it really is a kind of practical exploration of how white supremacy um, exists and works through all of us white people and so each day there's a new prompt and you get to do some journaling around all these prompts and it's just so revealing and I think vital for anyone who wants to become less racist and kind of to um, confront their own racism and the way that white supremacy works through them. So that's the first one. And the second is how to be an anti-racist, which is another of the kind of really core books on anti-racism um, that's out there at the moment is by Ibram X. Kendi. And I'd say one of the fundamental kind of tenets of that book and something that I think is super helpful has been for me is the idea that in order to be an anti-racist, we don't have to go through the mental hoops of trying to convince ourselves that we're not racist because being anti-racist is about identifying where our racism sits and I think so many of us as white people would really like to be like yeah I'm not racist I've done the work or you know um, I never was in the first place but actually of course we all are and that book really addresses that concept and um, how we can begin to undo that in ourselves. And I think that's really an important piece of work as well. So yeah, those are mine. And we'll put them in the show notes um, so that if you didn't catch the names or anything, you can find them there. Shall we finish on uh, on a question that each of us can answer? Um, okay. So... I'm I'm coming at you 
coming slightly out of left field with this, I know, but it just it yeah, you're catching me, me unawares. But that's great. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, I was going to ask you, Imogen, what are you hoping that people listening get out of this podcast? Oh, great, great question. Thank you. Um, what am I hoping that people get out of it? Well, I think that I hope that we, in a way, kind of model a kind of conversation which hopefully will be healing for both of us. And Mm. I hope that it encourages and enables white people to identify some of the ways or more of the ways that white supremacy works or works through them or resides in them and that if that happens that they are then able to confront that and move forward and I think maybe make some reparations and when I say reparations like I don't mean that in a financial way I mean that in a kind of personal way um and I suppose that also then comes with a kind of health warning which is like you know as we've said Tanaka and I are very close we've had a long relationship we've talked about this stuff over a period of years and we've really built up a relationship of trust Mm. so now it's okay for us to have this conversation and we also have lots of you know kind of safety stuff in place around the sides of this like do you want to record today like is it okay for you to do this today like we're kind of taking care of each other in that way so it's not that I'm recommending kind of what, you know, white people go rushing up to any friend of color that they have <laughs> saying, I want to talk to you about this awful racist thing that I've done. Um, but maybe it's about, you know, being able to have those conversations with people where that relationship is there, you know? Yeah. Mm. So I guess that's what I hope that people take from it. Um I want to be really original and ask you a really good original question, but I actually want to ask you the same question. (laughs) (laughs) So what is it that you hope people will take away from this? I think I'm hoping that people, that we can find our way back to each other. I think that's the the thing that I, um, I really want for myself and for, um, for other people. Like I have, so many relationships with white people who really want to do the right thing in my life um like professional relationships specifically but also lots and lots of personal relationships and so for me i guess i would love people to feel a sense of ownership over this conversation and then you know a sense of investment because i know that my like well yeah and in any discussion about race as someone who's not white i know that my future is on the line uh, and i know that mm. my family is on the line and i would love just as a starting point to really feel that there were lots and lots of people around me who felt the same urgency and who really understood the stakes in the same visceral way um even if they're not even if they're white um mm. and then like i i kind of feel like once we're there once we've once we've all bought in um to the importance of this conversation 
I think then we can fly. I think then we can really, really make some change uh, and really find a way to live together that feels good and feels right and feels like we're all powerful. Um, Mm. Like we're all winning rather than some Mm. people winning and some people losing. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. Great. Well, I guess we send those hopes and aims out into the ether. And um, yeah, thank you for stepping with us on the start of this journey. We hope that you find those those things out of it. And we hope that you stay with us and enjoy listening to these episodes. Have a fantastic day, whether it's morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are. Um, yeah thank you so much for being with us and uh, we'll see you in the next episode yeah oh and I'm gonna say as well that we will put our the email address um, in the show notes and we'd love to hear any kinds of responses or questions or stories from you as well which maybe we will be able to address um, after this first little season yeah so we hope to hear from you (laughs) all right thanks folks this is Loving Colour, co-hosted by me, Tanaka Mishi. And co-hosted and produced by me, Imogen Butler-Cole. You can find me at TKTheTwit on Twitter. And me at ImogenIBC on Twitter and Instagram. And both of us at Loving Colour Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Our theme music is The Boatman from Quest Ensemble's 2020 album, The Other Side. <laughs>